Welcome to Sazonando a la Salsa with DJ Eddie here on mundosasaradio.com where Sasa is done right. We have a special show lined up for you for today. It is truly an honor to have a special guest from Orquesta DJ, Mr. Jerry Hernandez. Jerry, thank you for being with us. How you doing, Edwin? Oh, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being with us. Listen, um, it's a jam-packed because we're going to be playing a lot of your music. We're going to go into a lot of stories. So um, let's start it off. How did okay. how did you start? Way back in what, 1968? Tell us who you who okay. influenced you, how you started. Okay. You, you want me to go all the way back? I'm going to go back. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, like I told you before, that when I started playing... I was in a drum and bugle corps, and I played like soprano, which is, you know, uh, it sounds like a trumpet. And um, my father heard me playing. He said, you know, you sound pretty good. Why don't you try to make some money? And I, I was, it was around the time that I started listening to salsa, too, you know, like Eddie Palmieri and uh, what's the name? Uh, La Perfecta. And I wanted a trombone. And the funny thing is that the first trombone that I had, I stole <laughs> because I was working for um, a neighborhood, uh, neighborhood, uh, what do you call it, youth corps job, uh -huh. and they sent me into the Manhattan. They sent me to the Manhattan Bridge to get um, uh, some signatures. So what happened was that when I go in there, I'm calling and say, "Hello, anybody here?" Nobody was there. I'm walking around looking for somebody, and I spotted a trombone case. And that started talking to me. Take me. <laughs> <laughs> Take me. And, uh, and then uh, what happened was, I, so I took it, you know, and uh, I had a friend who, a friend named Mitchie Montañez who was playing with um, Ray J. Ray J is the guy that now play with him on New Swing Sextet. Okay. And, uh, and I had another friend of mine who I grew up with was Sammy De Leon, and he was with... Um, Gerla Fantastica. Uh -huh. So I was just starting to play, but I wanted to play with them. But you know, they said, "No, you're not good enough yet." You know. Mm -hmm. So I started with that. Um, so one of the songs, since I had the chops already, I just had to learn the trombone. And you know, I asked my friend Richie Montañez, um, "Well, how does this work here?" You know, because it's a slide. So he says, "Well, there's seven positions, and these positions have each position has a bunch of notes." I said, "Okay." So I started to teach myself. And the first song that I learned was Muñeca. Uh -huh. And uh, I still know the song inside out. You know, I can play sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you back then? Uh, what time, what age? Me? Yeah. Um, well, I think I started practicing, playing the trombone. Not playing, but learning it. Uh -huh. About when I was like 18. Okay. Is that around the same time that George de Jesus got together with you guys? Because I know you guys were like the youngest and George was a little older, right? Yeah. Well, what happened was that George had um, started the orchestra DJ. And without, I wasn't in the band, neither was Joe Rivera that sang Forget It and the trombone. He, he was also a trombone player, and neither was Rafael de Jesus. But he had uh, two other trombone players and... Uh, And, and a singer that was starting to give a little bit of trouble. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, they would get drunk. <laughs> they would get drunk at gigs and stuff like that. So George heard about me and Belly and uh, and Chuleta. And uh, 
he came to see us and he gave us an offer and we said, you know what? Instead of trying to start a band, let's go get with this band that's already started. And we, and we, uh, you know, we had to learn 13 songs in two weeks to play with in the second room. I don't know if you know the second room, which is also known as the fourteen. Uh-huh. To, uh, to learn some, and we played with Willie Colon and Hector Lavo. Wow. And you know, I was nervous, bro. <laughs> How did they accept you? Well, I'll tell you one thing. That's when the band started to skyrocket because the people loved the powerful sound that we had. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I got, we're going to be... One of, the thing, one of the things that um, a lot of bands are starting that day, back then, right? Uh-huh. And a lot of the people that played in the brass section, they were playing um, elementary type stuff, you know, very simple whole notes and quarter notes, you know, that kind of thing would just drag on. Mm-hmm. But me and Belly, since we were playing in drum and bugle corps, and we had a lot more skills, you know, we've been playing very complicated music. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for us. <clears throat> we couldn't read, but we could sure could play. Cool, cool. Uh-huh. So uh, let's start off. We're going to play, I found on YouTube, uh, Jerry Hernandez y la Orquesta DJ back in September of 2018. In La Maqueta, this is a live version, and everybody on the show, and all the listeners know I love live versions. And we've got you playing Muñeca, so I thought maybe we could uh, attribute to the song that you taught yourself with, right? Uh We started with a live rendition of Muñeca. Let me ask you, who's the the singer in this? Oh, I got to take a look. I don't know. But it was back in 2018. I don't remember that far back who, because, you know, we played so many events and one of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to remember who was the singer. I only, I only remember when I see the videos, oh, this guy did that thing. How about if uh, if you hear the voice? Yeah, that's definitely. All right, so let me let me start it off with Muñeca. I'll try to find out who sang that uh, at the, at La Maqueta, and enjoy. This is a smoker, so I no, think I'll you guys... I'll tell you who it was. I'll tell you who it was. We didn't have that many singers. Okay, go ahead, put, put it on. All right, here we go. Perdóname, perdóname, 
That was fantastic, man. I, I really like that muñeca version of La Maqueta. That was that was a smoker. So, uh, yeah, just to go over that, that was uh, Pepito Gomez. Right. By the way, La Maqueta, uh, I've already spoke to a promoter, and I told him I want a gig for August so I can get back out there. Cool beans. That's going to be awesome. We'll promote you here. You know that. Alright, the next song that we're going to play, if you want to talk about it, is from the album um, Palante, Se Llama La Malas Lenguas. Uh, Richard Rivera, DJ Capicu, he's on the chat room. He wanted me to let you know that this was one of the main songs that got him hooked back into salsa. So it's a smoker. So you you want to talk about it? Well, you know something... Um La Mala Lingua is like, it's like my warm-up number, and I like to like to play that because if I could do that whole song straight through, guess what? My chops, are, my chops will be strong, so it's kind of like that, right? Uh-huh. But also, um, I don't know, it's, it's like a good song to dance to, and people like it. I like, like the solos, the trombone solos, the, the piano solo, and the singing and everything. You know, it's really nice. And I'm going to tell you, like I, I always tell people, the music that we had was composed by the whole band. There ain't nobody come up there and say, oh, here, play this song. Or nobody in the band wrote it. Um, so what we did was we would sample some of the songs. So that part would be like, for example, right? that was Moina. So we, we changed that part. We just went... It's made it a little bit more complicated. And uh, um, that, that's how basically we, you know, we, we composed our, our music. And um, we had a reel-to-reel back then. And uh, we would record the, you know, the rehearsals to find out what went where and what was the part. I'm trying to remember it, you know? Uh-huh. And then you would rehearse it and then uh, you would record it, right? Yeah. So we're gonna well, we hit. We recorded from the very beginning when we started. Every rehearsal was recorded. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. All right, so let's let's uh, give the uh, listeners a pleasure here. Las malas lenguas. All right. Tengo una suerte de vida que Dios me la bendiga. Voy a buscar un para que la parente no nos siga porque la gente tiene la lengua dura me tiene por el piso un canto basura si salgo a pasar donde me vean seguida me debo buscar 
mía si me porto bien Siempre me tiran si me dicen vamos Busco trabajo Siempre, siempre me echan abajo Que mala, que mala Suerte la mía si me porto bien Siempre me tiran Dios mío, Dios mío ¿Qué será esto? Yo que a nadie, nadie molesto Jerry, man, that was a that that song. I understand how you're saying that uh, if you can really get that one going, you 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 were set for the for the night. Um, I was talking to you uh, offline, and this song towards the end, it just like jams. It's like you want to hear more. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, you know something. I've come to a conclusion that salsa music, salsa dura, is like having sex. You know, like the intro of the song is like when you know, then you get a little playful with your <laughs> with your with your partner and stuff. 
And, you know, then you finally end there and it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, right? <laughs> and then at the end, it's like, okay, shh. You calm back down, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the way I looked at it. And on a piano, that was Mario Marrero, and that? Yes. And uh, you were telling me how old he was back then? Mario was like about 16, 17 years old. Amazing, and, man. Yeah, so was the conguero, Tato, Emilio Barrero. He was like 16, 17 years old. Man, that, that was, and, uh, and when you guys got together with the uh, Fania bands? Oh. Performing? Well, let me, well yeah, we, you know, um, let me just go back a little bit. When we were out there, we were already playing all the big events and stuff like that. But we hadn't recorded anything yet, right? So we auditioned for Fania, Kotik, and Our Lady Records, and they rejected us because they wanted Boogaloo. And we said, well, you know what? We're not a Boogaloo band, you know? Mm -hmm. And we wanted to stay with that typical sound, you know? The hardcore salsa, not, not, not no Boogaloos. So then we said, you know what? Let's just take and go to a recording studio that we had the guy that he, he, used, he used to make congas and let him record us and we recorded uh, Black Shadow and I think it was a Mala Lingua on one of those um, 45s uh -huh. <clears throat> and um, Ralph Rue who was our producer he was like well who are these guys they're playing all over the place you know and uh, he came to check us out at, at, a, at an event that we were doing, and he loved the band, you know, and he became like, you know, he was one that opened a lot of doors for us. He had us playing in all these big uh, venues, like Casablanca, the Corso, you know, and that kind of thing. So, what? and one of the things that we used to do was, um, we would go to the radio stations to see if they, they would dip with Carlos Sugar and, um, and Symphony Sit to see if they would pro pro play our music. Uh-huh. And by us going up there, um, the promoters would be up there too. So they said, hey, you know what? I'm having an event next month. You guys want to do it? And we looked, Georgie would look at the calendar and said, we're all available that day. And we end up doing that. And, you know, that, that's one of the things that, that people need to look at. Because today, or even back then, people thought, oh, we're recording, we're recording, we're recording. Yeah, and what? You know, you have to network. You have to promote. You have to. You have to go out and, and meet fans and get be develop a following and all that. And nothing. Nothing happens by itself. Right. You got. You got to push it. True today. You know. People. Oh, I recorded an album. Yeah. Man. You got to push it. You got to go out there. Yeah. Right? You got to go. Out. That's right. You know what? When I when. Well, even right now, I go out, you know, I, I meet some of the people that I speak to on Facebook and stuff like that, and I become friends with them, you know, some of them become like family to me, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I dance with all the ladies that come and ask me to dance, <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of thing, you know, you have to be out there and, I guess, develop a following, you know? Exactly, exactly. All right, and so you we're know what, to make sure that everybody knows that you're not different than them, that you're down to earth, you're not an exceptional person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, so we're going to continue. I've, I've, with... known, I've known people that, um, musicians, that somebody will ask them to take a picture with them or something like that, and they would like just walk away and look at what are you on, you know? The attitude, the attitude got to go. 
Well, I'll tell you one thing. The way you and I hooked up a couple of weeks ago was amazing because you reached out to me via Facebook and uh, we got to talking over the phone. I mean, we spent an hour talking the first time and it was like, you know, like we knew each other for many years. So, I mean, that, that was awesome. That's that's how this whole thing got going because I was like, some of the stories that you just have, I think it should be shared and, and, and spread across. So that's that's how it all worked out. Yeah, you know, everybody comes into your life for a reason. I agree. You know? I agree. All right, so the next song that we're going to play from the album is called Campesino. Oh, my God. That's like the Colombia. That's like the song that they love. I heard we're going to talk about that right I, after we come back. I got pictures. I got I got a video of this, this heavyset guy uh-huh. is laying on the floor doing circles and, and, and making believe he's playing the trombone to that song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about that when we come back. Everybody okay. enjoy Campesino. Thank <laughs> you. 
All right. Jerry Campesino, you were talking about Colombia. I give it to you. Huh. Okay, well, I, in looking at and listening to the song, I'm looking. The poem is very like, um, how do I put this? It's in, it's in, it's in big relationship to what the band is today, right? Because the chorus goes, sorry, sorry, nada más, y tengo que hacer lo que pueda, right? And right. that's basically what it's for me. I'm the only one in the original band that's still in the band. And I gotta do what I gotta do. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, as, as far as um, going to Colombia, um, it took me five years to get out there because, uh, you know, they wanted to just bring me and a singer and or they wanted to bring just um, um, me and a few key persons in the band and that kind of thing, right? So I, I told her, I said, listen, it's like, you know, uh, a family's going out to the movies and you have five kids and you, tell, you say, well, I can only take three of you because I don't have enough money for the rest of you. And I don't, I don't play that. It's either everybody or we don't go. Mm -hmm. And they, they were stressing also the fact that they wanted Rafael de Jesus and... Um, that wasn't going to happen. We just had some misunderstandings and the relationship just fell apart. Mm -hmm. So in Colombia, man, you know what? Yeah, I knew that we had a fan base out there, but to the extent, uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, they were, when we got to the hotel, they dropped everybody that was in there and ran towards us. And they wanted pictures and they wanted to take, they wanted autographs on their albums and that kind of thing. And, and when we would go out to eat, our cars would stop, man, and going to take pictures of me, eating <laughs> and that kind of thing. <laughs> and there was, well, after the concert, I think about, we were playing on Saturday and on Sunday, um, we get to, we, we were in the casino in the hotel, right? And when I walked out of there, there was uh, two guys and a woman and they would say, oh, they've been waiting for me. I said, waiting for me since what? Since yesterday. I said, what? Oh, man. Yeah, so they invited us out to to, to have, you know, uh, uh, not drinks, but, you know, like, what do you call it? Like a smorgasbord, a little picantes here and there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was really a nice experience. Um, they also, um, they took us out, not them, but other people took us out to the radio stations. I did an interview with them, uh, um, what's the name of that? Oh my God, I forgot the name. You know, I'm starting to forget things. Um, anyway, one of the, one of the top radio stations in Colombia, uh -huh. and I went to hit Musical, where they were selling records. And the guy was, I asked, him, "Do you have ours?" And said, "No, because yours is too expensive." <laughs> they oh, are. I, I I checked that out. Your two, the two albums are like, they're they're in demand, and 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 uh, they are very very expensive to get. Yeah, that's that, that's one of the reasons why I started the band again because um, I was working in school and um, I said, you know what, I never hear nothing about orchestra DJs. Let me just Google it and see what comes up, you know? And I said, oh, wow, somebody's been putting up pictures and putting up music out there. And I have a friend named Easy Nofue. He sells records. He says, yo, why don't you start the band? You start the band and I'll give you a gig, you know? Uh -huh. And uh, well, I'm still waiting for the gig, and it's like, like well, 14 years later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I proceeded to start the band, and you know, some people like were doubting what I could accomplish. Like when I asked all the guys 
from the original band, they all had, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't have time. They had a reason. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead anyway. Even George. George, um, uh, he said, no, why don't you wait? Why don't we wait a few years? I said, George, what you going to wait? You're 65 years old already. You know, I was like, what, about 60? In 27? Bullshit. I was like 57 years old. And, uh, and so... I, I proceeded to put put the band together, and you know, um, we got we got great acceptance. Um, we've done things like that. I, that um, that I've uh, I, used to, I wouldn't know the word to say, but like for example, in the South Street Seaport. Right, right. There was I used to go there to dance and see the bands play because they had bands every every once in a while, I think every week. And we got to play there, and I said, wow, that's great. And not only that, but you know what? It was like two blocks from where I grew up. Wow. And when I said that I was from the Smith Projects, wow, people went like, hey, they went <laughs> off, you know? My mother's <laughs> friends showed up. A lot of the kids, that, that the, well, they weren't kids anymore, but people that I grew up with showed up, and it was a great feeling, you know? Yeah, I, I bet it was. I bet it was. So the next song we're going to play, it's a little, it's a little uh, different than what you guys played, on the album Palante. This one's called Black Shadow. Oh, okay. So that, that song was what we tried to put together as similar to Boogaloo because guess what? That's what they were that's what they wanted, you know? Yep. So so we came up with that. Yep. Alright, so here we go. Black Shadow. Yeah. 
right. That was Black Shadow. That that they have a little boogaloo type of style to it. Uh, Jerry, you want to talk more about it? Okay. Well, when we got rejected from the Fania and all those other record labels, we said, well, you know what? We need to come up with something similar or something that, that is acceptable to them, right? So what we did, um, like I tell you, me and Belly, we played drum and bugle corps, and one of the drum and bugle corps played this song called Black Saddle. And um, we sampled that intro from that, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we did the, and then we created the rest of the song. And it, it did well for us, you know? Yeah, no, it sounded but, good. Like I was telling you too that, you know, it's, it's one thing that is missing today is creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, we were a bunch of kids, you know, and no, like I said, nobody had writing skills or no arrangements or nothing like that, but we had uh, a good year and we, we were eager to go out and become somebody, which is lacking today. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tell people, I say, you know what, you're not gonna go nowhere if you, all you're doing is playing covers. All you're gonna be doing is making money sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad thing that people are acceptable of that nonsense today, you know? They wanna hear, they wanna hear songs that, um, that they know. And it doesn't allow for a band to come up and with something new, a swinging, and uh, and and make make something with it. You know, make it come out nicely. Like there's bands that 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 are new out there, and they barely get any airplay or gigs because of that same reason. And I I listen to their music. I said, well, that band is really good. It's, the music is swinging, but guess what? These venues are hiring cover tune bands. Yeah. Yep, I agree. All right, so we're going to go back to the music. This one that we're going to play now is called Cuba. I'm curious about this song. If you, if you don't mind, uh, we can touch upon it because it, it really hits about about Cuba, right? I mean, oh, so, yeah. so I just want well, to know we, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, we need to remember that back in those, okay, the, when we started the band in 68, 69, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that stuff was in the mid-60s, right? Right. And... People from Cuba were uh, migrating to the United States, and it was kind of like sentimental, like they go say Cuba, right? So it's like you know, emotional for them, you know, that one day they'll return to Cuba, and how the how the guy's mom died and all that stuff, and that that song, Rafael de Jesus had the lyric to it, but we put, but the rest of us put the music to it. All right, so let's listen to it now. Cuba algún día de llegar Aspirar tu tierra sana Y a disfrutar la mañana De esa tierra celeste Y flores yo le llevaré 
Jerry, you were telling me about Rafael de Jesus about this song? Okay, yeah. Well, going back a little bit further, that was in the late 60s and early 70s, and if everybody remembers their history, they had the Cuban Missile Crisis, and Castro took over Cuba and all that stuff, and the Cubans were migrating to, to the United States, and it kind of like had a lot of sentiment for a lot of them when it says, one day I'll return, you know, and that kind of thing. And um, I think I think Rafael de Jesus he he had um, a lyric about that. He said, "You know, I got this lyric. I want to bring to the band." And and he bought the lyric. And Mario, the piano player, said, "Okay, you know what? Let's try this and this key and whatever have you." And everything fell together. It came out. It came out beautiful too. You know that. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I like I like the trombone part at the end where we do that real low roll. Yeah. Yeah. I would figure you would like the trombone, though. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, the next the next one we're going to go after is Camaguela. You want to talk a little bit about that? Okay. Like I, t- like I was telling you, we used to create our own stuff, right? So basically when we started rehearsals, we would, we would jam, you know, just to warm up and that kind of thing, right? And... Um, I don't know how the jam started, but I think Mario had an idea on the piano, and then me and Belly, the other trombone player, we we, we, we created the trombone parts, right? Now, now I was having a little bit of trouble um, doing the trombone part, the, the you know, like the, the harmony to the trombone. So I said, you know what, I'll do something different. So it'll be like answering each other. It'll be like answering each other. And I'm the one that does really the really high notes in uh, in, in Camaguela. Uh-huh. 
Now, so we get to the Mambo part, right? So I said, damn, you know what? The stuff from Moriendo Cafe fits here. That's from, that's from that, that little part right there is like from Moriendo Cafe. Uh-huh. You remember that song? Yep. And it's, the song talks about uh, meeting, getting to know somebody at a bar and stuff and sitting down and, you know, hey, you know what? It's pretty cool. That's, you know, making friends and that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it jams, bro. I mean, when you get to the theme bass solo and the trombones hit them notes and stuff right there, woo! How was this live? How did the people re- react to it while you played it live? Uh, they love it. They <laughs> I love bet. It. Even, even, you know, I have a, a, a friend. Um, they're a Colombian couple, and they said that when they met, and they met, that was one of the songs that was playing. And that's like their theme song. <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> All right, so yeah. let's let everybody hear it right now. Thank you. 
Jerry. That was Camaguela. That was a good song, man. I like. I, I do agree with what you're saying. That towards the end with the trombones, that was that was really good. <laughs> right. I, I'm an old classic uh, uh, salsa clásica guy, the '70s, because that's what I grew up with. And this this album, Palante, is just fantastic, man. And you know what you hear on the album? It's like when you go do a recording, like we said, we were like, okay, let's get this over with. We're doing too many takes, you know, and that kind of thing. And basically what you hear is like, okay, let's just get this over with. It wasn't the energy that we normally produce at an event. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine how it was live? Huh? Can you imagine? I, I could just imagine how oh, it was yeah, live. Oh, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This next song is called Yemaya. Anything you want to oh, share with us? Yeah, I got a good story on that one. Here we go. Um... I don't know what you call the rhythm, but the percussion section, you know, everybody used to get together and try to learn different things, and the percussion section was doing that, that, that tune, that, 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 that tune. I think that's a down song, right? Mm-hmm. And so we listened to that shit, you know, and said, hey, man, that's a nice idea and whatnot. So then the trombones will go, zap, ba, da, ba, 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 ba. and it's, just, it's basically the same thing that with the, 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 the percussion is playing, but with notes. Mm-hmm. And then you went from there. And then, you know, and another thing is that in those days, um, there was a lot of Santerimo uh, going on. And a lot of the music that would come out would be about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and people would be into that because, uh, well, they needed protection from lo, lo, lo envidioso, you know? Lo malo. So that, yeah, so that's how the song goes. Yamaya me dijo a mí que ahora yo soy su amigo, right? So it's like that. So it talks about all that good stuff like that. All right. So and at the end of the song, if you can notice, um, the trombones don't play the exact same thing. They answer each other. The goes up and back and forth, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because what, what was going on was, okay, me and Billy, were, we were used to playing drum bugle with 48 horns and whatnot. So playing with just us two, we, we needed to have a, a bigger sound. And so we would not always do the same part. We would, we would answer each other and... Um, I learned later on that that's called contrapuntal trombone. And that was one of the things that Barry Rogers and Jose Rodriguez would do. But they would, they would answer each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get going. Let's start playing Yemaya. Y no se me meta conmigo 
listening to Sassonando La Salsa with DJ Eddie here on mundosalsaradio.com where salsa is done right. And we are privileged to have with us from Orquesta DJ, Mr. Jerry Hernandez. I was talking to Jerry offline and uh, I did ask him a question. I wanted him to uh, put it on um, so that everybody can hear. Um, Jerry, who was the one person... Because I saw, like I was telling you, uh, you put a picture of yourself with Tito Puente for his 100th birthday. Who did you meet at a young age or even later on that one musician or person that you always wanted to meet and that, that one guy or woman that you said, wow, this is, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm, I'm with this person. And, and who didn't you not meet that you wish you did? It's a funny thing that you ask that question because back in those days, um, I was a young kid, you know what I mean, 18, 19 years old, and for me to be on stage with all these Sanya uh, artists and stuff like that was very intimidating. I was like, people thought, oh, maybe I'm stuck up with somebody else. I held up, just afraid of them and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I got to see a lot of them. Um, one of the persons um, that I used to fool around with was Hector Lavoe because I had long hair, right? Uh-huh. And when we was, you know, we, oh, we would alternate with each other, he would call me, "Hey, Jesucristo!" And I said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so he had his nickname for me, you know. And 
There was a time that um, Willie Colon's trombone player didn't show up, and he asked me if I could play with him. I said, well, you know, I'd love to play with you, but I don't know your music, you know? And he asked my other trombone player, and he didn't know, he didn't know the music. And uh, and it wasn't, you know, like, uh, it, w- it wasn't a normal thing for us to, like, hang out with a lot of different musicians because we would alternate. Uh-huh. But to just to, like, for example, when we did... Um, our albums and Yayo Lindio did the coro and Alberto Santiago we were like oh shit man you know this is this is where we're at with this you know and Chocolate was one guy that um, I don't know he, I call him uh, El Padrino de la Queta DJ because we used to get along really well you know we'd be playing some place and we'd go outside and uh, have a drink in the, in the van and that kind of thing and he would tell us a little bit about salsa history and how he started when he was 14 and Sonora Matacera and all that good stuff, you know? So, uh, it, it was it was uh, very interesting. And the funny thing about that was that um, some years ago, not that long ago, um, maybe about six or seven years ago, I was at this, this uh, place called uh, Park 52. They had bands come every week, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody so somebody wanted to take a picture of chocolate with this guy from the record shop, and they told me to get out the picture. <laughs> and, and chocolate said, "Nah, he stays. What's wrong with you? You know." And um, when I saw him after all those years, he was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe it! You know, all these years, and how you doing?" This and that. And he, he was like, and. and uh, an idol to me because you know what? You see, a lot of trumpet players, they like to do a lot of, what would you call it? Riffing and stuff like that, and blah, 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 blah you know, that fast stuff. Mm-hmm. But not chocolate. Chocolate was like melodic. So basically, what I learned from him was that, you know what? I don't have to do all of, I don't have to do a million notes. I could just try to play my trombone and do a solo like if I was a singer. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. So I, I, I learned from, from a lot of these people, and I would watch Jose Rodriguez, but I'd go to the Village Gate, like my, I was in class. I'd sit in front of the band bandstand and watch his riffs and how he did them, and you know, and, and learn, learn. Mm-hmm. Um, there was somebody that I would have loved to meet and didn't meet, God, I don't know. Because we, we, you know, it's more like, it wasn't like meeting people. It was just like being with them, just, just performing being with them. them yeah, stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're in a crowd, and before and, you, and know, you know, you're next to Willie Colon. So there was no. We had cameras, but not like now. You know, iPhones and shit like that. Yeah. So. Uh, Can you imagine I, if you did have something like that? Oh my God, it was crazy. <laughs> All right, let's continue with the music. Thank you, uh, Jerry. We're gonna continue with. Uh, uh, more stories because uh, it's it's truly uh, uh, interesting. Uh, this uh-huh. next one, Te Traigo. Okay. Here, here we go. Thank you. 
right, Jerry, we're back on, on uh, the show. Um, anything you want to talk about Te Traigo or you want me to go into the next song? Well, Te Traigo, okay, when, when we, me, Joe Rivera, and Belly came to the band, the Casa DJ already had that song. We just had a little bit different flavor, like, uh, I guess, like, uh, Pachanga type of thing, where it's we 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 added that to it, you know, that, mm-hmm. that type of flavor. But it's a it's a very good song and it's simple. It's a very good song. So yeah. we're gonna go into the next album, uh, which was Forget It, right? Okay. Yeah. This next song is called Me Song. Uh, I think you have a story, don't you? That song was the one and only song that somebody bought us. And that was Mike Martinez from The Latin Dimensions. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know if you remember him. Mike Martinez, The Latin Dimensions, he helped produce our albums and he had that band, Latin Dimensions. And he recorded that song, but in a different key. So he came down to the rehearsal and he said, you know, maybe you guys could do this song. So we, we checked it out and the key was like a little bit weird, you know, um, it wasn't that easy to play, so we we adapted it to a key that that was easier for us, and that's how that came about. All right, so let's 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 enjoy.
right, Jerry. That was me song, and you were telling me a story about that. Okay. Well, like I told you, that is the one and only song that somebody came in, bought us an arrangement and the lyrics and the whole thing, and that was Mike Martinez, who had a band called The Land Dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the issue with that was that he, when he bought the, the, the song to us, it wasn't like in a complicated chart. It wasn't easy, that easy to, to harmonize in that chart. So we, we adapted it to something that was better suited for us. Um, also, like I was telling you, that um, Rafa, who was our producer, he would tell us, you know what? When you play those trombones, play it like if, <clears throat> excuse me, play them like if you were playing a violin in charanga. And, and that's how we adapted that, you know, and Basically, um, uh, it helped us maintain that Cuban flavor. And definitely it does. It, uh, actually, uh-huh. like I was telling you, I didn't re- at the moment that you were telling me that the trombone section came on, and I'm like, oh my God, he's right. It sounds just like it. Yeah, and it, and it was fun and, you know, and it's simple. You know, uh, one of the things that, that, uh, that happens today is that a lot of band leaders or rangers think they have to have very complicated music. Hell no, you know what? You can do one mo- one note, and if you put it in the right place, is it's it makes it makes the band swing. Yeah, yep, that's true. All right, so this next one, <laughs> you know, that, I'm sorry, doesn't mean it swings, you know. Yep. This next tune is called Kalunga. Anything you want to say? Okay. Um. I don't know where we got that, that song from, but we started fooling around, and uh, when we were creating it, I had a trumpet mouthpiece, right? And I put it I put it in the, in the trombone, and I said, oh shit, this is an interesting sound, because you remember that I played a soprano, and the soprano used the same mouthpiece as a, as a trumpet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's when I started doing those riffs, and you can hear that the trill at the end, oh, it goes all the way down, I did that. People were like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and um, we 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 didn't know where to, to put lyrics and like that or what to. So I don't know. Rafael came out with the well, you know what? Call it Kalunga. So what's Kalunga? We don't know. It's just a word that was made up. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, Kalunga. Muy sublime Con ese sabor crío 
five. Okay, you ever hear Armando Manzanero? Si. Okay, he was the one that wrote that song. All right. But how we started doing that song was that um, we, since Georgie De Jesus, right, he had a bridal shop, so we would um, we would do some weddings. Almost every Saturday we had a wedding to do, right? So they would request things like, uh, say like by the time I get to Phoenix and all the theme from The Godfather and all that shit, so... What happened was, well, we said, well, who the hell's going to sing that, you know, because none of us, you know, were into that kind of music. So then the other trouble player, Joe, he said, well, you know what, I'll try it. And he tried it, and, pe and people loved the shit, you know, he had a good voice, and he's very, sounds very professional, if you can hear that and forget it, right? So, um, so then Ralph will say, you know what, I got a song for you guys. And once again, he just had the lyric, met the and the melody, but not the arrangement. So we, we create the arrangement over that one. All right, and we're talking about the next song, which is called Forget It. Uh, Jerry, we have a uh, listener by the name of, it's a nickname, it's Toysi. She actually, her name is actually Diane Melendez. She says, I like him and his band. They sound lovely. Let him know he has another fanatica. <laughs> oh, tell her I said thank you. <laughs> yeah, he, she's listening to you. All right, so that story fell in, uh, went towards uh, the next song, which is called "Forget It," and I, that's actually uh, the song, the the name of the album, "Forget It." But this is the song yeah. from it, so we're gonna play "Forget It." Enjoy. <laughs> Forget it, oh God, it's been so hard just trying to forget it. You felt the fire slowly dying and you let it. Now suddenly it's me against the world without you. I wonder how heaven could allow this cloud I'm under To just keep thundering your name Deep inside my brain Filling me with rain That feeling I was too blind to see the thief Of time come stealing I never thought I'd lie here staring at the ceiling With nothing But the naked night beside me Sure, I'll forget it When autumn leaves forget to turn To burning ember And snowflakes can't recall To fall in mid-December When there's no trace left of the face I still remember I'll forget it Then I'll forget it
forget it When autumn leaves forget to turn To burning embers And snowflakes can't recall To fall in mid-December When there's no trace left of the face I still remember I'll forget it That was uh, Forget It from the album called Forget It. Just wanted to let you know, uh, Toysi, a pleasure to hear a bolero tonight from this band. Beautiful lyrics. She wants to know who's the singer. I'm Jerry, I think you're breaking up. No, you sound like a robot. I haven't moved or anything like that. Okay, that's better, that's better. I'm sorry, who was the singer? Joe Belen Rivera. He was also the trombone player, the other trombone player. Good, good. Right, the next song that we're going to play is Maniatica. That's got oh, to that's have a story, just by the title. That's another good story there. <laughs> you know, when we recorded, we needed one more song. And that song was something that we were just learning and fooling around with. And we said, well, you know what? Let's let's try this at the recording studio. And I don't know, I, I, I think it's one of the swinging songs on the album or whatnot. And we just like made it up right there in a way. Amazing. So let's check it out. Maniatica. Esa 
Blake Jerry, that was Maniatica. Um, and you had talked about it. So um, the next one we're going to play is Yemaya y Obatala. Okay. Anything you want to share with that? Um, well, this is a song that we created ourselves. And like I told you before, um, it's, it's kind of like about Santeribo and the protection that a lot of musicians used to want to have and stuff like that. But, you know, we, we had we some crazy breaks. When we played that shit in Colombia, oh my God, the people like fell apart, you know? And they were wow. And it's funny because in the song, we have a break called, it goes, and the whole band stops, right? And then it goes, and like, when we stop, when it's funny because when we stop, people think that we're ending the song, you know? Oh, why are you ending it? But then we come right back in with the song, and it's like, oh my God, it's hot. I thought this was like a part two from uh, Palante because you did do a, a song called Yamaya. Back, um, yeah, because that, that, that was a popular saying, you know? So this one is Yemaya and Obatala, the other one is just Yemaya. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play right now. Yemaya and Obatala. And they, oh, they had a hot timbal solo too, so that was that good. All right, here we go. Yokonasi, Yokonasi, Yokonasi.
right, Jerry. Jerry and I were talking over here while the song is going on. He's got some fantastic stories. Uh, the one thing I wanted to mention, before I do that, uh, Richard Rivera, Capicu, DJ Capicu, says, Maniatica, my fave from that LP. The what? His favorite from that LP, Maniatica. Oh. Oh, Magnetica, yeah, right. It's a hard song. And it's simple, so simple, you know? It's a great <laughs> song to dance to. Yeah. So, uh, and Jerry... Yeah, we haven't played it yet again. Jerry and I were talking offline, and um, I was saying that these two albums, I mean, they're, they're fantastic. It's a, it's a shame that they're not out there, that they're not getting the recognition that they deserve. And, and Jerry, you want to take it from there? Oh, okay, um... Well, like I was saying to you before, we know we we play with all the big bands in New York City, and we got a lot of respect from them. Um, but the one thing is, that I don't know for some reason or another, um, we we're not getting the acknowledgement that we deserve and should have. Even even today, you know what? I have a very good tight band. I'm not going out there for eight hundred dollars. Don't even insult me with that shit, you know. And. Um, so, what can I tell you is that, you know what, I'm not going out there for that kind of money, and it's not about money for me, but it's, it's about the legacy, it's about um, getting young musicians so they can learn the different styles of the hard, hard salsa style, and, you know, and um, hopefully um, learn, like, for example, you, uh, X, how many um, percussion people know the, the Mozambique rhythm? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one thing that we like to do here on Mundo Sasa Radio is that we like to uh, put out there the music that we grew up with, right? I mean, we all grew up in the 60s and 70s, and we want to remind the people of what's out there, but we also like to promote the new stuff that are similar to what uh, was played back then. So, uh, And you don't, you don't get this on radio. You don't get this on, on terrestrial radio, but we want to promote... Uh, your music we want to promote listen people kids this is how it started off and let's let's appreciate it so right. we're gonna we're gonna play you did a remake of Buena Suerte back in 2013 correct right alright so I'm gonna well, play what happened was that, um, in 20, 2013 um, let's see that, that was like in uh, I, want, I wanted to how do you say Record the current band at that time. So I decided, you know what, I want to do Buena Suerte. And Bella Fina is the, that Cuban style again. So I, I, Monguito's Cuban style music, so I wanted to do that again, do that too. Now with Buena Suerte, I knew that song inside out. So when we did the recording, I did all three trombone parts. First, second, and third trombone part, one at a time, right? Mm hmm. And I was on dialysis at that time. And I was at a point where, you know, um, I don't know how the hell I did it, but I drove all the way to Staten Island. Um, we recorded this in Ernie Acevedo's uh, studio. And um, I could barely drive home in that, that kind of thing. But, you know, the energy that's behind that, I said, oh, my God, you know, how, how did I, you know, how was I able to put all that energy out there? And it just happened, you know, because for me, 
my wife used to tell me, I can't believe that you're up there being, you know, sick all the time and then you get on stage and it's like, well, nothing's wrong with you. So, <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just that salsa music does that. La música. Uh-huh. La música se te quita todos los dolores. Chacho. <laughs> all right, so let's check out Buena Suerte uh, from 2013. <laughs> La saqué del ambiente para hacerla una mujer de su casa Y como era tan inocente no me pudo comprender Y por eso digo así Si se me fue, ¿qué yo voy a hacer? Buena suerte, buena suerte Porque yo fui bueno contigo Ahora me dejas solo, solo, solito Buena suerte Mala y traicionera tú eras Y ahora me dejas fuera, bien fuera Buena suerte Mira qué suerte mi compadre La cual la que me toca a mí Ecua Ella se me fue, pero por ahí viene otra. Te lo juro por mi madre que mi suerte es mi 
mi suerte, mi suerte cambió. Pita, Jerry, pita. Pita, camión. Jerry, that mala, um, mala suerte, buena suerte. That's a good smoking song. I'm glad the way you uh, redid it, cause uh, and you did the three trombones, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool, man. The next song we're gonna play is Doña Paula. Something tells me you might have a story, huh? A story. Let me tell you something. <laughs> First off, you know the Georgie. He had he had a bottle shop. Photo studio and they rented tuxedos and his mom made the bridal dresses and all that good stuff, right? And we rehearsed in the basement of the bridal shop. And so I don't know where somebody got that. We were just jamming and then we started making fun of his mom and whatnot. Doña Paula, donde esta, right? And we created some lyrics stuff. I started singing some stuff that. That really wasn't cool, you know, like cursing in there and talking about sexual uh, connotations and stuff like that. And she got pissed off and came downstairs. She <laughs> said, ¿Por qué mejor no se mienta la madre de ustedes? That's funny. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. All right, so here you go, Doña Paula. Cuatro 
All right, that was Doña Paula. That was a smoking song, Jerry. That was a really good one. Listen, time is running down, and there's a reason why. Uh, actually, how we met, how we got to talking, and um, and it all has to do with uh, something that we both both families have in common. Uh, everybody might know that my wife is a uh, kidney recipient. She uh, got her second kidney. It's going to go on to two years this October, I believe. And uh, Jerry, you're looking for uh, your second kidney, correct? You're on dialysis yes, right now. I'm on dialysis now. As a matter of fact, uh, I want to thank you for being on the show because you went on dialysis this morning. And you were on there for, well, they say three hours, but it's really four hours. We all know that, right? Right. I'm getting stronger, you know. I'm able to do more before I was, before I would go on dialysis. I would come home and pass out, and I could stay up a little while. <laughs> uh, but, even made my own lunch. <laughs> good, good. That's good. That's good. But uh, you've been on dialysis since October. Yes, sir. And you are now. I I do know you've had a uh, procedure that kind of like put you on hold on the list. Now, how long are you going to be on hold before you get back put on the list? Well, I'm on the list, but I'm just not on the active list. Right, right. So when do they right. put you? When do they activate you? Well, as soon as everything clears, uh, it should be any day now, hopefully. Oh, okay. So you're gonna go back and get that yeah, checked? Because, and... Yeah, because yeah, I'm gonna go back. Uh, well, I have an appointment with my my post uh, post uh, transplant coordinator, and I have a pre transplant coordinator. So th- those those uh appointments are coming up and we'll go to where you know I ask them okay what do you need from me let's get it going all right well that's the important thing uh-huh and you are you are um affiliated with two hospitals one in New York and one in New Jersey correct right can you give us the name of them Mount Sinai in New York and uh, Hackensack Meridian in New Jersey Hackensack Meridian is is a really good uh transplant center I mean I think you're in good hands yeah, I know about how the place looks too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a, a big hospital. It's it's a huge hospital, and and uh, uh-huh. they're doing great strides with uh, kidney transplants. Um, I think you and Sarah had spoke about it. Um, they're coming out, or they have a machine. Um, I'm not sure if everybody knows, but what happens is when they have a kidney, um, it's a live kidney, but they have to freeze it, and there right. are times when they put it in a person that it's dormant. So it could take some time before the kidney actually wakes up and does its function. And um, you can go back on dialysis even though you receive the kidney. This, uh, at Hackensack... You know something? uh, And all that information is, like, fantastic, and I try to do my research to find out what's going on out there. But the one thing that I really want to talk about is um, becoming a donor. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because, you know... It's even your own family will not consider donating uh, one of their kidneys because we have two kidneys, one on the left and one on the right. Correct. So what happens is they have all these premonitions or how you say, uh, yeah, where okay, you know what? If I if I donate one of my kidneys, what happens if uh, the one that I have left goes bad? You know the. the so the answer to that is that if the, you're a donor and the one kidney that you have left goes bad, then you become a priority on the wait list. They're like, they don't waste no time. Right, right. They don't, they don't waste no time. 
And for some people, they, they really, families really need to educate themselves a little bit about how they can help the, the dialysis patient, you know? Yeah. And just to go a little bit further with that, my sister-in-law donated her kidney to my, uh, to my wife back in 98. And she's fine. She gave birth to a child and my nephew, and she's doing fine. So yeah. that kind of like puts that little excuse out the door. I never asked anybody to become a donor or anything like that, but nobody offered either. And I, I kind of like got a resentment with people in the family over there because damn, man, you know, people claim to love you, but when it comes down to something serious like that, it's like, okay, you know what? I'll, I hope you get a, uh, they still, they'll be like, I hope you get a kidney soon, but they don't say, well, you know what? Let me check to see if I qualify or, or if I'm a match, you know? Yep, no, I hear you. I hear you. We went through the same thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a rough situation, you know? Yeah, so uh, Jerry and I are going to keep in touch right after the show, you know, from now on. I think we built a nice little friendship, right, Jerry? Yes, sir. And we're going to stay in touch. We're going to talk to each other. We'll keep in, you know, we'll let everybody know. Everybody donate. Go out there and, you know, don't be afraid and everything will be fine. And, uh, and we'll keep, I'll keep you updated. I'll keep everybody updated. So we're going to help as much as we can, Jerry, right? All right, listen, I want to thank you for being with us and taking the time. Like I said, you had dialysis this morning. I remember how Sarah used to felt when she used to have dialysis. But uh, thank you. Thank you so much. This might be a part one. We might go for another part two. What do you say, Jerry? Whatever you want, me. I, I, like I tell you before, I'm like a hoe. I never say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for the music that you've contributed throughout the years. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, just to tell all the listeners, DJ Jimmy Boston with Guarachando Sabroso will not be on tonight, and neither will DJ Manny Rages with Let This So. They will be on uh, possibly next week. I know Jimmy Boston will be on next week. I'm not sure about Manny, but we're working on that. So what do you have, an automatic DJ coming on? Automatic DJ will be on, which is, you know, smoking uh, songs, man. Right. It's, it's, it's great music. Um all right, so I want to thank everybody for being here. I'm going to wrap this up with one of Jerry's favorite songs, Bella Fina, which he redid in 2013. Right, Jerry? Yes, sir. All right. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in and uh, letting me share the music that I grew up with and I truly love. Jerry, God bless you. We're going to keep in touch, all right? All right, thank you so much for having me on the show, and I really appreciate it. Anytime. And as far as the public, I said, yo, you know what? I need your support. If you want to friend me on Facebook, it's Orchestra DJ, Orchestra DJ, which is O-R-C-A, no, Orchestra, and then the letter, not the letters, but the name, D-E-E space J-A-Y. All right, Jerry. And I'll, we'll keep everybody updated with what's happening. Yeah. All right. God bless you. All right. Thank you. I'll be back. Mira, se me olvidó cuando vengo para atrás. I'll be back on the 18th, May 18th. Okay. All right. All right. Take care. Perla Fina. This is a smoking one.
domingo bien temprano en la carrera de caballo con mi amigo Jerry Hernández me encontraba yo para mirar el gran evento para que no me hicieran cuento de lo que estaba pasando fuimos a los Sarampión, el tercero Perla Fina, que galante caballero Perla Fina, camina bien. Camina caballo, montate en mi caballo. Camina caballo.
Y el ganador de esta carrera ha sido Perla Fina. MundoSalsaRadio.com is the top choice for paying respect to the roots of salsa music while discovering the new and ever-changing sounds of the genre. MundoSalsaRadio.com has the best and most dedicated hosts and DJs who take salsa radio to new levels by curating the highest quality tracks for your listening enjoyment. Tune in for amazing music, to learn about upcoming events, and more. Listen via Live 365, tune in, Radio FM, Stream a simple radio and stream it. MundoSalsaRadio.com, where salsa is done right. <laughs> <laughs> 